0: Good evening, Dumb Nation, episode 303 of Don't Unfriend Me. Thanks for joining tonight. I was going to talk about daylight savings time, but it hasn't passed the House yet. Let's hope it gets there. Then I'll go to Biden's desk, and since he doesn't want to do anything right, I'm sure he'll go ahead and veto it. But anyway, the only daylight we can have is the daylight between Joe Biden's ears. I hope that rim shot came through. Anyway, folks, what am I doing tonight? Well... We're going to talk about Putin. We're talking about the Ukraine, but a little bit of a different spin. People are talking about what's going to happen in the next couple of days, what's going to happen in the next couple of weeks. I want to look at what's going to happen over the next six months to a year. We're going to dive into it tonight. You should enjoy the show. Stay tuned. I will be right back. Navy veteran Matt Spear presents Don't Unfriend Me. Brutally Honest. Experience matters. Facts, not feelings. To the point. And always direct. No safe spaces. You can agree or disagree. You can love him. You can hate him. Just don't unfriend him. Sit back. Relax. Don't Unfriend Me starts right now. Welcome to Don't Unfriend Me Yet Again. Who am I? My name is Matthew Spear. I am the host of Don't Unfriend Me. Worked in Able Intelligence, been an executive in retail and business for quite a while. And I'm just an average guy. But I do have some things that I would appreciate from you if you could follow me at Don't Unfriend Me Show. Like, share, and subscribe. I'm all over the internet. You can also look at podcasts and everything else. We just hit. 70,000 followers today on Facebook we're pretty excited 51,000 likes so if you wouldn't mind helping out I would appreciate it and you can stay tuned every night 8 30 eastern we go live my recorded show is Monday Wednesday Friday yes I've got to do a little advertising coffee folks Patriot made veteran made in the United States all the beans are bought uh, some local um, Hawaii Sumatra Ethiopia And uh, the veteran who makes this is just a good friend of mine, and he made me my own brand of coffee. It's a hit. People love it. I love it. It's great. It's wonderful. And you can go over to donutfremy.com and buy some. There you go. Okay, I did it. I'm sorry. A little bit of uh, capitalism is a good thing. Let's get into this tonight, if you would not mind. First things first, putting on the fritz, or Putin on the fritz, I guess is what we could say. We've seen some instability. But the interesting thing is Donald Trump made some remarks and said, well, this is not the Putin that I know. He's surprising me. He's doing things that I didn't expect. And whether that's a walk back or not, they did have a somewhat contentious relationship, but one that seemed to be based on respect. So when did Putin become such a bad guy? Well, he already was and he always has been. He is former Politburo and KGB And this is what the media gets wrong when they sell the story to their audience, ignoring what the media and or administration know. Let's focus on what we should know. War is absolutely atrocious. Once you start a real war, you'll break a lot of things. A lot of civilians will die. If you fight in the Russian theater, you will face scorched earth tactics and bloody house to house fighting. And I've used the words on the live show, slow and brutal. They've been doing this for over a hundred years. Putin would have known this. He has decades of experience with dealing with intelligence and war college. His decision to invade would have been with his knowledge and the acceptance of the fact. A 72-hour victory would have been hoped for and the outcome they were looking for when we intercepted some intelligence communication from them. But it wasn't the expected outcome from hardly anybody that the Ukrainians could actually even stand up for as long as they have. Putin didn't invade because he wanted a glorious empire of the USSR. He invaded because he thought he had to. His advisors have indubitably kept him informed of Russia's dwindling population, loss of economic stability, and aging resources. Everyone talks about Russia's oil, their wheat, and their fertilizer, although a very, very important thing. But these things do not make a country rich. They sustain the status quo. A country becomes rich off of cutting-edge ideas and innovation. Those specific ideas change from decade to decade, but the concept does not. Ask South Korea or China about their transformation. Russia and North Korea haven't had those. So, Russia is collapsing in slow motion. Then a perfect opportunity happened. President of the United States created a boom in gas prices, reduced drilling opportunities, end of the pandemic, increased taxes, allowing some pipelines, disallowing others, etc. This boom would be temporary, but take a a year or so to rectify. During that time, Russian oil would be at its most valuable, which would pay for the war. Russia finally had its money, but only for about a year before it could be corrected. Putin also had a U.S. president that he could count on with a lukewarm response, and Biden said so himself. However you feel about Trump, you can't dispute that his response could have been ranging from economic shutdown to nukes, hence unpredictable. However, the longer this war continues, the more pressure Biden will feel to do something, and past Democratic presidents have tended to overreact when pushed to war. The dark side of that same passion that fuels writing injustice. They tend to correct but it can be a real bloody battle at first. So Putin has six months to a year, and he has to win to save the future of Russia's economy. He's counting on winning and a toothless UN while a world is just happy that it will soon be over. Sadly, the world is in for a bad time if this takes longer. The world does nothing, and China sees this as an opportunity to take or reclaim Taiwan, which they consider Chinese land. That will start the avalanche. So if Putin fails, what will happen and who will replace him? The long answer, ever since the monarchy was abolished in Russia, the apparent rule of succession was that the power ultimately went to someone hiding behind the front runner. Lenin became the first communist ruler. Before he died, everyone believed Trotsky would be the next one. He was so assured of it himself he even didn't attend Lenin's funerals. What was the outcome? Stalin. Before Stalin died, the front runners were Berea and Malenkov. Zhukov was not a politician, but lurked not far away. The outcome: Khrushchev. At the time of Khrushchev's fail, the front runners were Miranov and Shalipin and Shemachasny. The outcome: Brezhnev. In the early 1980s, a quick succession of death in the Kremlin happened, Brezhnev and Dropov and Cherneko. Right before that, the frontrunners were Romanov and Ustanov. The outcome? A total newcomer you may have heard of called Gorbachev. At the end of Yeltsin's rule, the most probable successors were Primakov and Lushkov and Ribkin and a few others. The outcome? A total nobody, Putin who? Which is why the next ruler is most probably either hasn't appeared on our radars yet or makes every effort to stay below as much as possible. I'm honestly not sure Putin will survive the next six months, almost regardless of the outcome of the war. At this point, there is no way that the Russian economy will recover in any meaningful way for years. China and others will be a lifeline, but one must remember that leverage is everything in business. Beggars, can't be choosers, and Putin has done nothing but take choice away from Russians. As Europe comes into summer, Western governments will be working overtime to divorce themselves from any reliance on anything from Russia, and they will succeed. The U.S. and others can increase oil output, and we stand on the verge of practical nuclear fusion in places like France. Even if that is only proof of concept, it is a proof that the days of reliance on Russian energy could possibly be numbered because of the world's innovation and technology. Moreover, Russia's rivals have been preparing to defend themselves from nuclear attack for literally generations. This isn't the 60s anymore, and Putin's threat is more than just a literal nuclear option. It's a metaphorical one as well. As he has found this week, mutually assured destruction is a bit less mutual than one might imagine. One must remember that Putin is not the only scary man in Russia, and he's making quite a lot of scary men much poorer than they are used to being. The cryptocurrency backdoor is not as open as they might have hoped for, and the assets of oligarchs are being seized all over the world. In the end, politics is a business, and people have invested in Putin. And it looks like his gamble in Ukraine is not paying off. And if the people that prop him up get the sense that they won't be recovering their losses anytime soon, then, well, let's just say that the board will be getting a new chairman. Folks, that's it for my show tonight. Thank you for watching Don't Unfriend Me. I hope that shed a little bit of light on some things in the history of Russia. Uh, Putin doesn't look too well either. Um, Call it just a hunch. He looks sickly. And I think his lack of appearance. He is, he lives for moments like this. He revels moments like this. And to see him take a back seat and almost go from the basement like Uncle Joe is somehow familiar, but then also completely terrifying at the same time. Anyway, folks, thanks for watching. Don't unfriend me. I appreciate it. Veteran Crisis Hotline. I'll go out like I always do. 1-800-273-8255. 22 veterans commit suicide a day. It's way too many. Please reach out to a veteran. Make that phone call. If you can't, you can reach out to me. I will make the phone call with you. I have been on the phone many times with veterans trying to help them uh, through things like this. PTS, traumatic brain injury, depression, anxiety are all very real, and they need your assistance and help. Please do me a favor and make that call. It's 100% anonymous, 100% free. Your duty station will never find out, which is extremely important for your career. And last but not least, if you're a civilian, you're not in the military, you can call that number. And they will get you to the right place. They will never turn anyone away. Veteran Crisis Hotline is the shiznit, as they say. Go buy some coffee, buy some cool t-shirts, head on over to me.com. Please give me a follow, like, share, subscribe. Keep that number growing. We want to get to 100,000 by uh, summertime. Wouldn't that be awesome? I will be back tonight at 8.30. Be back with a recorded show on Friday. God bless, and remember, we can agree, we can disagree, you can love me, you can hate me, just don't unfriend me. Good night.